Welcome to Tarpod, the podcast for everything talent acquisition and recruitment. We're informative, controversial, and a little bit crazy. Now, please join your hosts and industry leaders, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Craig, and welcome to the first ever podcast for Tarpod. Tarpod is the podcast for everything talent acquisition and recruitment. We're going to be talking to industry leaders, we're going to be talking to vendors, and we're going to be talking to even agency recruiters to get a good feel about the whole overall industry as a whole. And today, our first guest is Andrea Curvery, Director and CEO of the Recruitment Events Company and Recruitment Leaders Members Group. So Andrea, welcome. Thank you, nice to be here. I say thank you for being our first guest. I, I must say, uh, <laughs> I'm <it's>... so honoured. <laughs> we ranked 20 people and you were the first person to respond. Oh. <laughs> I'm just a girl that says yes to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. So we'll start off and tell us how did you get into this fun game of recruitment and talent oh, acquisition? I think it's fair to say, like everyone, I fell into it. Isn't that the usual story for all recruitment people? Um, I actually started as a librarian. I've sold computers um, and uh, I've worked in training admin and then I moved into HR and uh, finished in HR when I moved to the UK. Couldn't get a job in HR because I didn't have the UK experience, so moved into recruitment back in 2005. And I have to say I found my place in the world. 2005, so that was pre... Mobile phones? No. 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 <laughs> Facts? How old do you think I am? I do remember yeah, the first computer. I think by then. Well, we definitely had an ATS. I remember my first ATS was Taleo. Um, and, uh, and it didn't have all the bells and whistles it has today. So it was definitely a lot more Excel spreadsheets and phone calls. Wow, and since then, so you know, you've taken over recruitment events in yes. Australia, yeah, um, and alongside that, Recfest. So tell us a little bit about how that all came along, and or how all the pieces of the puzzle have fitted. So when I was in the UK, the recruitment events company is a UK company. I used to go along. I was a head of recruitment for a law firm for my sins. Um, amongst others and uh, I used to go to these events so when I was moving back here Jamie Leonard who started this said why don't you try it in Australia so two years ago almost three now we started and uh, it's been the most amazing journey couldn't have had more fun if I tried Okay, so we're going into the second year of RecFest, aren't we? Which is your big festival coming out of Recruitment Events Company. So uh, tell us a bit about that. So RecFest is predominantly when Jamie envisaged this, he started with the idea of having a recruitment festival. The whole idea of our events is to disrupt the event industry and the recruitment industry, to build Mm -hmm. community, to break down the barriers between vendors and TA folk. So RecFest is is based on a festival. So think Glastonbury for recruitment. (laughs) Given Melbourne's weather where we're holding it, we're actually holding it in a food truck park so we can be under a a warehouse as such, an ex-car manufacturing plant. Nice. The idea is that it is still fantastic content. We go out to find some really new and novel speakers and we also bring in some of the tried and tested from the UK this year. And the idea is that you have speakers, you have round table discussions, it's community, it's networking, it's content. 
and it's great fun because we do finish the end of the day with Wreckfest Rocks, wow. which is 80s music because I am that old. <laughs> and you just came back from Wreckfest in the UK? Yes. So how was that? Fantastic. And I got all weepy at the end. Yeah. I was one of his first people at Wreckfest back in 2000 and. 10 I think um, and I was one of the first 94 people he had there were 3,000 recruiters in a field across two paddocks there was a farm there there were donkeys um, and uh, we had five stages big tops big five five stages there were the most amazing speakers I'm sharing all of that on LinkedIn at the moment a robot uh, was there in the evening and it was just so fantastic to see the the vision Jamie had for a festival realised. What was the robot? Uh, one of the ATS suppliers who I've not heard of before but they've got some really interesting stuff um, actually brought this six foot robot in who squirted water. I'll post the video, <laughs> I'll give you the link and you can take a look. Um, I stood right at the back, I was terrified of it. <laughs> but uh, they just had, all of the vendors had arcade games as their tents. There was no particular demos. It was just about celebrating recruitment and celebrating what we do. Wow. Yeah, so Wreckfest is aimed at talent acquisition and the internal recruiters out there, not yes. agency. So. We are, with that, you're looking at mostly vendors and problems people have overcome. Mm. So how do you find your speakers and what is your best source? Uh, well, my best source, of course, is our RL100, our Resourcing Leaders 100 group. So all of the Australian speakers are members of that group. And just through discussions, we hear what they're doing. So we have Eden Haddock from Flybys, who's thrown out all everything you know about recruitment and start it again and I he's coming to take he's doing some fabulous things he's out doing there at the some moment. really interesting things so he's coming to share that um, we have Nicola Harrison from RMIT coming in to talk about how they recruit for the good of the mm -hmm. world they're recruiting people that have gone on to do fantastic inventions within the RMIT framework so it's just about hearing the good stories and also trying to find the people that aren't always up on stage at, at lots of events and things. Yeah. That's true, you do get a lot of loud voices out there but they're not always the ones who have the right knowledge. So getting the quiet people up there is a good thing. Yeah, and, and I guess that's at the heart of, of what we do. We believe that you should bring innovation to the fore. Sometimes that innovation isn't about the tech, it's about just realising what you have and doing it better. And sometimes it's throwing everything out the window and starting again. Yeah. And they're the stories that are great to hear. Yeah, I think RL100, which I'm lucky enough to be part of, has been a really amazing sort of experience where there's the leaders in a room and many of them are wrestling with the same challenges. Uh, and they sort of feel, I don't want to call it a safe place, but it's sort of a place that's peer um, related where they can express their challenges and hear real life experiences that other people are doing to probably take back to their own workplace. And, and I think that's the beauty of the group. Being a leader can be really isolating. You don't always get the opportunity to say to your team, I have no idea what I'm mm. doing. <laughs> 
but you can sit with a bunch of leaders over lunch and a glass of wine. We don't mind a glass of wine. And you can have a discussion on what's important to you. Our last event, we talked about contingent and contract workforce. Now, that and was a debate. That was a debate. <laughs> My goodness. And I think what came out of it is that, that lots of people have no idea of the implications of it, the legalities of it. But it was really interesting to see that if this future of work is around contract work and uh, people holding multiple different jobs over their life, that as a TA function, we're not necessarily prepared for it and we're leaving a lot of it up to procurement. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I really enjoyed that part of the procurement and a lot of TAs are finding it very difficult to get their jobs done properly because they're lassoed in by procurement, which is purely about the financials, not about the talent, not about the people yeah. that can do the project and the work. And I think if, if uh, at the end of the day, bringing anyone into an organisation has an impact on what we do, and it can have an impact if you bring the wrong person on. Yep. We've all worked with mm. consultants that have been very hard to deal with. <laughs> uh, so where are the HRTA people in that discussion around this person is, is yes, they're going to do the task that has been set for them, but they're not going to leave wider problems around how the rest of the people in the organisation feel. And that's not a procurement decision. Buying a contractor is not like buying mm. a photocopier. Mm. And we all know that in the, the industry of talent acquisition and recruitment, the, for the want of a better word, product, humans, is probably the most unreliable product in the world. And yes. it can't be boxed into a, you need that input, that ownership from talent acquisition because of the people element or the person element? Very much so, I agree. And it just points to this wider space that TA, if I hate that word space, but TA are finding themselves in where they have to start taking the lead and they have to start working with the other departments across you know, marketing, procurement, mm. finance, to actually build a function that's really impacting business and is impacting business in the right way. It's not just about putting bums on seats, it's about the wider business implication and what you can do better yeah. by bringing the right people in. Well, I think some of the discussions from some of the events I've been to have been around how talent acquisition really is and should be seen as a standalone function you know, away from the, the big brother of HR and, and, and have, <laughs> have an agree. ownership piece. Absolutely agree. I, couldn't, I think it falls under a people banner, definitely, but HR and talent acquisition are two very separate areas. Well, uh, you know, that's the a huge debate that's going on, and I think there was a whole talk on it in, in uh, the UK at Wreckfest. Will there be one at the Australian one? No, but maybe that's part of our <laughs> resourcing leaders lunch, that we actually do have this debate about yeah. where mm. we sit. I think there's a school of thought to say that it could fit under marketing. At the end of the day, recruitment has got a very strong marketing element. Yeah, well, you, does, are, yes. you aren't really trying to sell the product or the, the value proposition of the business to individuals to come and join mm. with the right skill set. So there's a huge marketing element. But there's, there's definitely some changes afoot, uh, and I talk about the UK market, I know it very well, but there's a definite push for leaders, recruitment leaders, to step out from HR 
But they're also finding that they're taking on the entire talent function, so succession planning, the performance management mm. piece, and learning and development are starting to sit under recruitment. So the sky's the limit for Australia. I think we're a few few years behind, but mm. uh, part of what we're trying to do at the RL100 is equip our leaders to think differently and to go out and take on the world. Yeah. It's great. I've got a lot out of going to those lunches at RL100. It's been... You're not alone. That's a great feeling to know that there are other people, as you said, with the same problems and you can usually solve each other's problems by talking about them. And, and what's lovely is having um, the vendors there who obviously make the whole thing possible, such as Rextra, and, uh, and to have the vendors coming in not as salespeople but part of the ecosystem that makes up TA mm. um, and having them put their viewpoint across as well. Um, and I think there's some really nice relationships forming across the board. We have a WhatsApp group for the leaders and that's, uh, that's, that's sort of 100 messages a day of people exchanging information and asking questions and someone mm. putting up photos of their kids yesterday, but he was allowed to because <laughs> it was his birthday. Um, uh, but, you know, it's, it's forming a, a beautiful community across Australia. So whilst we hold them in each city, the WhatsApp group is turning it into a national group. That's mm. great. And the vendors who are part of it aren't there to sell. They're there no. to probably help advise when asked or, or give their, you know, their opinions on things that they're seeing. And, and that's pretty unique, in, you know, particularly in, in our industry, but in really most industries where, where vendors are seen as partners, as experts in their field, and in a safe environment, um, talent leaders can come and say, well, tell me a little bit about this without having it rammed down their throat. Yeah. And, and I think it's a really good segue into the relationships that can start mm. to form between in-house teams and agencies because there's such a broken bridge there and has been for, for almost oh, forever. Yeah. Yes, mm. there is a very broken bridge. You know, and at the end of the day, there is a place for agency. I think potentially the agency model needs to change and disrupt a bit. Um, and definitely my interest is always in the niche agencies rather than the bulk ones, the mm. ones that just do the everyday yep. jobs a TA function should be able to do on their own. But until an agency recognises the value of an in-house team and until an in-house team treats an agency as more than just a salesperson, I'm at a loss as to how the bridge can be crossed. I know, it's, it's It very is difficult. a tough one, I agree, absolutely, because I've noticed recently uh, doing both in my life, I uh, put my agency hat on and I am treated by some TA function as complete rubbish until they realise that I actually can do a TA function and then they look at me a bit differently. Yes. So it's a bit of an understanding from both sides and I think that uh, the bigger agencies, as you mentioned, they have this ridiculous KPIs to set for their people and that they send out rubbish. I think about jobs. 15 years ago, I read an article to say that the HR function, so let's put TA into that, are the most over-marketed function in a business. And if you think about how many calls you get, and when I was a head of resourcing, I used to just, uh, if I didn't know who was calling, I'd often let it go to voicemail. Mm. Not a great candidate experience. I recognise that <laughs> world. But you couldn't take calls all day mm. from agencies, particularly when they would ring you and say, I think I can help you. Yep. I'd just like to know more about your business. And they hadn't even looked at your website. Yep. 
Um, and that's a KPI call as far as sure. I'm concerned. Um, mm. I have some fabulous relationships with agencies and, and some of them remain friends to this day. Um, and I would recommend them to anyone. Mm. But you know, there's a vast majority where I just wouldn't give them the time of day. And mm. I think there's still, from the agency perspective, there is far too much emphasis placed on on getting that deal done all the way from the top down and mm. you know even now there's still the uh, last week or so the archaic notion of oh a client in pain is a client you need to go hard at and all those sorts of things you think you know if you understand the business understand their needs and if you have something that can help them then you can start forming a relationship but if you're just there to go right oh i saw you advertise something on a job board somewhere I don't know anything about the role of your business, but I've got someone somewhere who has two of those skills of the 25 you've got advertised. I'm gonna to try to ram them down your throat. And I'm gonna go around the recruitment function to the hiring manager, yeah. which then gives the TA function another two or three hours of work while they try and sort it all out. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna get in the door. No, and look, you know, and I'm, I'm new to, to, the, to talent acquisition as a function and understanding it properly. And the, the challenges that are already there in terms of um, their own businesses and the expectations internally, and then have that external marketing 24-7, it's, oh, you must go home and have a couple of drinks just to get through the night. <laughs> oh, I start at lunchtime. So <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, uh, or you start at the re recruitment uh, leader's 100 lunch. Yes. <laughs> Not that we do a lot of drinking. There is a glass of wine on offer. Um, just the one. Uh, just the one. <laughs> but look, it... it there needs to be some understanding of what an internal talent acquisition function does mm. by the agency recruitment. Yeah. And a lot of in-house people are now ex-agency people. Mm. And, you know, to be referred to as a failed agency recruiter is, is demoralising and mm. doesn't get you anywhere. I did agency a hundred years ago. It didn't suit me. But my ability to work with a business internally, to be in their strategic meetings where they're planning what they're going to do for the next 12 months, to understand that business inside out, and then go back to work with my niche agencies that I know can deliver and won't let me down and work with me is invaluable. But mm. as a TA person, I could be in uh, a number of meetings and I would often have an, uh, three or four departments as a client to recruit for. In one role I was holding 135 uh, requisitions to fill and they were bulk jobs so it was the mm. same person for you know at least half of those jobs. But on top of that I have team meetings, I'm usually managing three or four staff and, uh, and I have some internal requirements that have to be filled. And I'm KPI'd to do no yeah. more than 30% agency recruitment. So I'm actually searching for people as well. I think I had a very similar experience going from agency to talent acquisition. And I had the mindset, oh, it can't be that hard. All I've got to do is resource. Oh, there's so much more to it than that, especially going to a professional services firm mm. where you're in a meeting each Friday with the salespeople, you're planning, you're forecasting. Uh, it's 
yes. a big chess game of life, of everybody's, where they're all going and how many you've got to get And TA and sits in the middle of all of that. Exactly. And then all of a sudden they decide to make one department redundant. So yeah. you're now working with the redundant people to put together their CVs and help put them out on the market. And you're mm. calling up your agency saying, can you work with my people? Mm. You know, it, it, you know I, could, I could go in with a plan every day um, and uh, and all of a sudden would find myself picking up something else. And I, I remember I was in a consulting firm and, uh, and the head of this division still remains a, a great friend today. But I was recruiting in energy and government. They discovered I had financial services skills. The partner had kicked up an absolute stink about his recruitment. That day I found myself picking up FS as well <laughs> on top of everything and I went up and said hi David I'm your new recruitment person and he's like get your ass over here I want you sitting beside my desk and I want to see you working wow. and I'm trying to balance three hiring managers sitting beside him trying to prove to him that I'm doing <laughs> FS work only I mean oh my god talking about talent acquisition versus agency is a topic that I could go on about all days. I'm sure you both could as well. But today we're actually out of time for this podcast. So we're going to park this discussion, dedicate a whole episode in the future to that exact talent acquisition versus agency conundrum. We're going to pick up this discussion with Andrea next episode. So remember, subscribe to Tarpod and you'll get a 20% discount to RecFest this October with the Recruitment Events Company. Andrea would love to see you all there. So What's the link again? Recfest.com.au for your time. Perfect. See you next time. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Tarpod. Please don't forget to subscribe and look out for upcoming podcasts.